I'm Jason Hopkins, founder and president of The Connection Project. Welcome to Everyday Brave, a podcast series for emergency responders by emergency responders. We explore real-world issues that each of us face. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and instill hope that we are all in this together. Thank you for joining us on this journey to become more connected to ourselves and others. Let's get started. Today, I'm joined by Nick Edwards. Nick has an impressive history as an athlete and is also a nationally renowned exercise physiologist and has built multiple programs and centers for wide ranges of populations throughout the U.S. He is a founder and president of Beacon, which is an all-inclusive, member-based wellness program that works with each person's movement, motivation, and metabolism on a customized plan that helps you reach your goals faster. Nick has served athletes, general wellness, and patient populations, directing exercise physiology laboratories, and strength programs. Currently, he is working to expand Beacon's reach more broadly. One area Nick and Beacon have been made considerable impact in is working with the emergency responder community. Today, we will explore that community and the efforts he's making to help them. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So as we jump in, can you tell us how you got started on this path? You have uh, quite a history and seem like an overall cool guy. (laughs) How'd you begin? (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, uh, as you said, I'm a physiologist by trade. Right. Um, I was blessed enough to have doors open for me a long time ago and uh, was able to work with NFL teams and professional sports teams right out of the gate. And that doesn't happen to most folks. Right. Um, so felt very blessed just going on that path alone. And so as team physiologist, my job is to keep athletes healthy, keep them on the field, and keep them moving around. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. However... I'm a lot, I found out very quickly I'm a longitudinal data guy. I really want to see how can we make better outcomes? How can we improve somebody's life? And when you're in the professional athletics world, it's not what it's about. Right. <laughs> so uh, I had a limited tenure there, kind of left and actually uh, went into designing bricks and mortar facilities. Okay. So everything from small places that serve general wellness all the way through big, huge centers. The last one I did was about 130,000 square feet. Wow. Had everything from orthopedics, imaging, physical therapy, all the way down to general wellness and sports performance. Um, And again, good, but then I missed the patient interaction side. Sure. So uh, from there, moved into faculty in family medicine um, at a major health system, and that was great. I loved all the people there. Um, And I thought being anchored in that health system, I could cause the most amount of positive damage to better patient outcomes. Right. And again, found out that the big machine's only moving one direction, and my ideas were not in that same direction. I you thought, were too progressive for them, yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, uh, I think everybody can agree that the health system, not that particular health system, but just our health care system in this country is way out of line. And it's uh, it's a monstrosity of basically how much people are billed and taxed on the entire system. Right. And it's certainly not integrated. That's right. It's not integrated health. Left hand doesn't talk to right hand, and it's not really in the best interest for patient outcomes. Right. So I said, well, if nobody's going to do this, I got to do this myself. And so that's what made Beacon happen. So So tell me about Beacon. Um, It's spelled differently than you imagine it is. Kind of give us the concept. I, I gave us a tee up for it. From your words, tell us what you guys do. Sure. So where Beacon came from is really the background of everything that I kind of just talked about. So we pulled the technology from the pro sports, te- sport, pro sports teams that nobody gets to see. You know, okay. they're gods and we're mere mortals, and so we don't get to touch it. So we actually took that technology so that we all could use it. Um, we took what is the right footprint for people to use in the trauma-informed care setting. And then finally, how can we actually use and integrate medical data 
to better outcomes for wellness for individuals. And so that's what Beacon is. So I came and toured your facility and was super impressed with what you've been able to create. Um, And really, uh, in, in layman's terms, as I walked through, it's basically you know, a series of rooms that you go for different sorts of diagnostics or testing to really um, customize a plan for each individual. Um, you mentioned a word a minute ago that, that our listeners may not know about. We do as, as kind of geek speak here. Um, trauma-informed care. What does that mean? Sure. So what that means is not only are facilities shaped in a way that is conducive to somebody who has trauma in their life, but our physiologists, our professionals, our physical therapists, anybody who's on staff right. is trained into what trauma is and how you can relate to people um, in that type of setting who have experienced any type of trauma within their lives. Okay. So that probably applies to just about everybody, whether they admit it or not. That's exactly right. So in walking through, I was super impressed with what you've been able to create. I mean, just the environment itself um, really felt like wellness personified, which I think is um, something that I don't often feel going into gyms, although I don't go there often. Um, I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> about that. Um, so, you know, we're talking about this wellness and and you all have started to do a lot of work with the emergency responder community. Let's talk specifically around how your programs are tailor-made to that community and and help me understand from your perspective, what does wellness actually mean? Uh, we use know. that word a lot, but I'm not sure... We've defined it well. I, that, that's right. And you said it right. Wellness is not defined, which I think we are trying to do and are on a quest to help redefine right. that because it's been used, abused, and frankly, doesn't mean anything to folks anymore. Right. You know, wellness, if you're in Colorado, means a dispensary. Wellness in the medical industry means you go see your primary care doctor. Right. There's, it's so polar as far as what it actually means. So, you know, with our facilities and starting out, you actually hit something that uh, resonated really quickly with me. You said, you know, going to the gym. Most people think wellness means I'm going to go work out. Right. Where physical wellness is one dimension, one part of the true wellness circle of what actually happens. So if you look at true wellness definition, there's six dimensions of wellness that are kind of known throughout the industry. And among that, people are talking about social support networks. What does it mean for intellectual wellness? What does it mean for emotional wellness? What does it mean for physical wellness? And tying all these things together in one facility. And I believe until we created this, it hadn't been done before. So to your point is walking into a gym, we do have fitness facilities. We do have gyms at our locations, but that's kind of where it starts and stops with familiarity to other models. So when somebody comes in, they check in, right? They're going to check in just like they would at any other gym or fitness facility. But then, as you said, there's different rooms that people can go in for diagnostic testing. So we have a gym area, but then when you come in, you have access to your own physiologist, somebody that you can actually relate to, somebody that you can talk to in that trauma-informed care setting where it's one-on-one. It's not a, a group setting where you're going to spew everything of your past history to a million people and then get passed off in a referral to different doctors, different professionals where you repeat yourself again and sure. again and again. Sure. So when you come through, we do a wide battery of tests, everything from movement, metabolism to motivation and what people are trying to do and what actually gives them drive to attack wellness and define it for themselves. Right. And then we pull that all together in an all-inclusive environment. So then they don't have to be taxed or pay extra to do more and more and more interactions. So from what I learned, and correct me if I'm wrong, the program that you've developed is really a subscriber model. People sign up and they pay on a monthly basis, and then they have access to these physiologists and these experts um, in this space to really help guide them in their journey. And then the fitness portion of it, you could actually take and do somewhere other than your facility in your home, however you want to do it. Your your wheelhouse is basically developing a plan, isn't it? That's exactly right, because we want to meet 
folks on their own terms. Sure. We want to make sure that we are meeting them where they are at in their wellness journey. So I love that. They can use our fitness facilities. That's fantastic. If they have one that they've used for the last 20 years, I'm not going to tell them to try and go to a different spot. Right. However, we obviously bring the professionals to you. We allow you to interact with them on a day-to-day basis, as you said, completely unlimited. Um, if there's pain, we get a physical therapist involved as well, and it's all-inclusive membership. So there's That's no insurance. Amazing. There's no co-pays. It's a flat price no matter what. You can come 365 days a year to work with your physiologist and physical therapist. No difference in price at all. So being that you're a numbers and data guy, have you recognized that the people that utilize your program, is the efficacy better for them? Do they come more often because it is a different approach? I'll just say from walking through the front door, the thing that I notice that's that's vastly different is you don't even see the gym itself. Like you have to – really walk down this hall and go through kind of past these rooms before you even get there, which frankly felt more inviting and did feel different. It needs to feel more inviting, right? right. There's, uh, you know, I'm somebody who I work out generally every day. Right. And there are folks that use our facilities who haven't worked out in the last 20 years. Sure. And so for them to walk in and see somebody like me walking on a treadmill, they're going to turn right around. Right. I mean, that goes right to that trauma-informed setting where we want to make sure that we are helping people understand that they can define wellness on their own terms. So we're not going to have them sit there and watch people who are extremely fit run on a treadmill. We're not going to have them think that there is a stigma with exercise or that they have to subscribe to certain dogma to be there. Right. So you, we talked about wellness a minute ago and that it's not well-defined, and, and, and you share that there's six elements of wellness. In doing this work, do you think that wellness is those six elements, or what have you identified that are, are kind of the key elements that – you know, I'm thinking of the person who maybe has not engaged in, in a healthy lifestyle, and especially in the responder community. You know, that's a community that's active in their jobs. Um, but we find as they age in their careers, they get more sedentary, they're less active. How, how do you approach getting people more connected to do this work? You know, that's, I think that's an amazing question. And I think it all comes down to motivation. And everybody's motivation is completely different. When somebody says to me, hey, I'm trying to lose weight – I usually just smile and say, okay, <laughs> and why? You know, what does that mean? And so they say, oh, yeah, I really just want to lose weight. Okay, why? And they'll say, well, I'd feel better if I was 10 pounds lighter. Right. Why? And they'll say, well, you know, if I was 10 pounds lighter, then, you know, then I could keep up with my kid. And I say, okay, why? And they say, well, I want to keep up with my kid because it makes me feel better as a father having fun with them and chasing after them. Sure. That is the true motivation. Nobody wants to just lose weight. Nobody wants to just gain weight. It's, Nobody wants to gain it either, yeah, right? Well, that's true. That's true. But <laughs> Maybe some do. I don't. <laughs> so it really is it's defining it for their actual emotional need and how that works. So as you said, you know, it's, it's pretty nebulous as far as the definition because everyone's motivation is different. I think wellness, instead of we, – we categorize it within six dimensions of wellness because that's easy. That's tactile for people to understand. Right. If we can touch it, then maybe we have a chance of understanding it. Where wellness really is, if you can define an ecosystem and a spiderweb of all of these different things that culminate and come together, where it's more so um, looking at the hero's journey, right? Sure. So Beacon, we function as the tool within the hero's journey. It's their own path. They define it for themselves, and whatever dimensions that they feel that they need to work on or engage more in, that's their own path. I love that. So basically, if I'm understanding you, even though there are six dimensions, I mean, the likelihood of anybody wanting to check boxes in all six areas. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. So it's not even a realistic goal to start with, which which goes back to defining wellness and that we've not really defined it well. Um, So how do you think that, and, and maybe there is no difference, in working with the emergency responder community specifically, 
are their motivations similar or different or how does that all fit into the mix? Cause I know you work with athletes a lot. Um, everyday people from right. walk of life. Are there differences? You know, there's not differences as far as the motivation, but the, the truth is it's defined very differently. Okay. When you go into a fire department, a police department, a very fraternal organization, you know, people right. who are really arm in arm together in whatever they're doing and they're sharing trauma together, right. that right there is such a huge emotional attachment to what they do in their job, what they do in every aspect of their day, that they're going to come at it from a different light. And it's a culture. It is. It is. And so um, to use one of your words, these tribes that are out there, these people that kind of come together in a certain light are going to have a a similar approach. Um, What's interesting, though, kind of like I said before, is it's not really different as far as the emotion they need of it. Right. I think within first responders and emergency responder populations, folks have automatically said wellness, quote unquote, means that you're going to get your annual screening, you're going to pass your PT test, and you're not at risk. Which so, is wrong. <laughs> if I'm imagining how that normally works based on emergency responders I've talked to is they let themselves go. PT test is coming. They crash diet. <laughs> they they work out really vigorously to pass that test. And then they're kind of done and coast the rest of the year. And, and, and I'm not generalizing. I know not everybody does that. But I'm guessing that happens probably happens pretty often. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And, you know, the other side of it, too, is the folks where defining wellness means, as you said, they're doing it once a year. Right. <laughs> defining wellness means we're going to make – weight or we're going to get where we should be for our PT test. We're going to hit that standard. And the rest of the year, you'll have these folks who constantly have aches and pains in their shoulders and their knees, their hips. They're up and down out of, um, maybe it's out of their service truck. Maybe it's out of their squad car, anything. They're in and out of all day. There's lots of aches and pains from running that all sorts of athletic events that they're doing. And it's always that, Oh, I can work through it. The pain's no big deal. No big deal. It keeps going. Well, did that pain manifest because you have a tight neck because you constantly have headaches? Did it happen because there was a traumatic event and emotionally you are tightening up and it's actually reflecting in your muscles? Does that then make it so you have a shoulder tear? And this is very real things that people see every day. And so what do they do about it? They shut it off and bury it because if they tell their – their chief, whoever it may be that's above them, that, oh, you know, I keep having the shoulder issue, they don't want to be off the job. Right. You know, so if they get discharged or if they get pulled off the line, that's even more traumatic than burying it. So I I think you've touched on something that's really important because what I've learned in exploring this community of emergency responders, there really is – there are a lot of cultural factors to address and overcome in even working with them. How often are you seeing – People coming in and and that those aches and pains or the lack of motivation or where they're at in their journey, how often are you seeing the tie back to their mental state, maybe poor or um, needing improved mental states? Daily. I mean, it's it's often. Um, I don't think I could even quantify your number to it because of how how present it is. And is that something you're recognizing, or is it something people are more openly talking about? I think it's a combination. I think that um, today mental health has been put in a spotlight, which is fantastic because it's had such a stigma around it for such a long time. And people are being more brave and they are understanding that this is not a unique thing for them, that they are, quote unquote, crazy or there's something wrong. They're understanding that this is something that's worthwhile to talk about. So I think it is more open. However, it's that same case of, you know, if I disclose this, that means there's going to be a negative action or some sort of 
um, retaliation for that. Right. So we are, I think, discovering it probably more than being open. And what I've learned in the in the research that I've done is a lot of the uh, mental health episodes or incidents are really coming out of um, out of wellness programs um, in these agencies um, after a workers' comp event, after a PT event. That's where a lot of people are sharing that they may be struggling with something else. So what you're saying is there is a direct correlation between physical and mental, which goes back to integrated health, which is what you're trying to approach, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So what do you think the next steps look like? How do we continue to evolve this? I know you're doing a lot of work with the city and county of Denver. Um, talk to us a little bit about what a program like that looks like. And um, for somebody that's listening that maybe is emergency responder, what would be a good starting point for them if they're not necessarily engaged other than their once-a-year PT test? Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, hitting that in reverse order from uh, the way you said it is the way, the place to start is really just walking in the door. The joke that I actually heard for the first time the other day, even though I've been in the fitness industry for a long time, was that the heaviest weight in the gym is the front door. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was interesting, you know, that how hard it is to walk through the door and actually just take that first step. Right. So really it's reaching out and contacting somebody, whether that's Beacon or anybody in the community, making sure that uh, wellness is is available to you and actually moving towards what you want it towards, I I think is huge. So taking that first step. Uh, what we're doing with City and County of Denver, we are providing everything from uh, initial screenings where we're doing diagnostic testing. We are doing risk screening, and we're also doing then uh, physical evaluations. We are looking at metabolism to tell them, are they working out too hard and burning muscle mass? Or are they burning body fat? Or are they burning whatever they've eaten throughout the day? We are doing movement to see if there's any pain in any joint angles and see if we can hit something on the preventative side. Um, we are also writing up their exercise plans, their diet plans. We're able to have them come in and use the fitness facilities and wrapping an entire sphere around them that's integrated, as you said, on both the mental side and the physical side. That's a huge value add. It is. And uh, to our knowledge, this is the first program like this for the first responder community anywhere in the U.S. Wow. So are you seeing good results working with that group? We're seeing phenomenal results. In fact, actually more than what I thought. I thought <laughs> I, when you're starting something new, you never know, right? And um, with a group that is so tight-knit as the first responder community coming from the outside and just jumping in, I mean, that could be huge backlash right there alone. But right. they have really welcomed us with open arms. Um, I can tell you Denver Fire has been amazing to work with. Everybody who's participated has been amazing. Um, we've had folks that literally will roll up the rig right to the outside of the doors. They come in, they do their lift, and then they all leave together. And so there's group exercises. So it's become a cultural phenomenon in that setting too. It has. And it's gotten to the point where a lot of folks are saying, oh, I have my appointment today. I got to go do my physiology screening. I'm meeting with a physical therapist today. And it's now becoming just cultural talk within the organization, which I didn't expect. So do you think part of that is contributed by the fact that your language is still very wellness and physical focused? I mean – a lot of what you're talking about is still physical focused, even though you've integrated this trauma informed care. Do you think that that's what makes it easier for this community to to I, lift the weight of the door? I do because it's a very physically active community. They're okay. all athletes. If anybody says otherwise, they're liars. Right. <laughs> they're absolutely especially in the fire athletes. department. Absolutely, absolutely. And because I was talking with my team the other day on this, we often say physiology. We often say dietetics, and. The world doesn't know what that is. Right. So when we say fitness, we say nutrition, just the small changes, people understand they gravitate towards us because they've heard it before. So using common language and common themes of wellness, 
and kind of driving through that physical lane, we can then open up the doors to the other side. Yeah, I love that. So the work I'm doing at the Connection Project, as you know, is really about redefining language that makes it more real-world language that we can understand. I mean, we speak a language um, that makes sense to us, but the reality is is a lot of people look at you like you have three heads when you start right. talking about some of this stuff. So I, I love that. I think the way to change the industry is really to meet the industry where it's at. So exactly. as we said it in trauma-informed care, we meet somebody where they're at to define their own wellness terms. The industry doesn't know all six dimensions of wellness. The industry doesn't know how to approach this from a mental health standpoint. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to meet exactly where it is and then basically change it from within. I was listening to a podcast yesterday by a, a pretty renowned hypnotist, and she had written a book on weight loss um, many years ago. And she really defined it. For some reason, it really struck me as how she looks at her journey of maintaining a healthy weight is about choice and making a choice of I can have a cookie or I can have an apple. I made the choice to have an apple. And as silly as that sounds, I think really what you're talking about here is giving people the tools to make empowered choices. Is that That's right? That's 100% correct. That's put it, putting it very well. Yeah, I love that. And, and that really resonated with me. I hope it does with other people. So just to explain, let's talk more about the nuts and bolts of Beacon. Um, you've got multiple locations. Let's talk about where they are in the city. Let's talk about if somebody is interested in learning more about Beacon, how can they do that? Um, and hopefully get some people connected to the great work you're doing. Absolutely. So we have uh, three public locations in town. We have one in Stapleton, uh, River North District downtown, and then also in Castle Pines, Colorado. So okay. we have a few so locations. So you kind of blanketed the city. We have, and we're actually going to be expanding into other states this next calendar year, and we're also going to be available digitally over this next calendar year also. So let's talk about your digital application. I know you and I have visited about that. I think that really has the power to empower people Broadly agreed, because I think, again, you know, some people do not want to step foot inside of a fitness facility and that's okay. Right. Where our digital platform that we are designing allows it so that somebody can access wellness anywhere. They can be in the comfort of their own home and still have a one on one face to face visit with their own physiologist. They are able to have wellness brought to them. We can still write up their exercise plan, their nutrition planning, then give that to them that they can track and monitor with a professional. So you're basically doing that like over Skype or a Zoom call, something like that? Exactly. Or? And we're embedding okay. it actually all in our app that we're building. Right. Um, I love that. So um, that's some good stuff. I admire the work that you're doing and taking this on. It's, um, Thank you. Thank you. It's time that we had a shakeup in this. And, and to, to your words, which I also use a lot, it's important for us to meet people where they are. Um, so as we wrap up here, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should? No, other than, you know, I will say I just think it's highly important for people to understand that wellness is not just the physical side, that it is not just the mental side, that it literally is the entire sphere that's around that individual. Right. And so that they realize that and make that first step on their own right. for where they want to go. Well, and having a, a healthy brain and a healthy body it, it is an integrated exercise because they don't live independently. Um, so I, I appreciate that uh, reframe there. Um, so how does somebody get in touch with Beacon if they're interested? Easiest way to go to our website. It's www.bekn.co. Great. So tell me, how did the name Beacon originate? I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we actually had uh, – we did some rebranding about a year and a half ago. And we did that. We tried to sit down and say, you know, what, what really do we do? Right. And – 
everyone said, yeah, you're a fitness center. Yes, you have physical therapy. Yes, you have physiology. But that, that, that's so much, you can't put that in one name. Right. So we sat there and said, well, kind of in that hero's journey, what are we? Well, we're the tool on it, and we're providing kind of a beacon of knowledge for folks. We are literally trying to signal people to come in, trying to provide a guiding light for them. Okay. We sat there and said, that's it. We're a guiding light. And so we came up with the name Beacon. And how do you get a trademark? You spell it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, keep doing the great work you're doing. Uh, today, we were with Nick Edwards, who is the president of Beacon. Um, if you don't know about them, I encourage you to check them out at www.bekn.co. Nick, thanks for being here today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We are glad you shared your time with us today. Thank you. If you or someone you know is struggling, we are here to help. You are not alone. The Connection Project has resources that can support you. I encourage you to check out the Everyday Brave digital resource list, which can be found on our website, www.realpeoplerealife.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.